0: Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu
1: slash podcast. Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient Daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of immune supporting vitamin D. And five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink again that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance
0: Hey Ralph, Ralphie, Andrew, and Dave. All right, I got a little intel. Your Saints Happy Hour podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's a joke. All right, and I'll tell you what, You, Ralph, you mispronounce everything, okay? I listen, I go, what the? Does he not know the English language? All right, Ralph, I try to get an English class in there every now and then, okay, pal? Now, Andrew! Think you're smart, huh? Think you're smart? You're in big trouble, pal. You're a shit like you for breakfast. And then, of course, there's Dave. Dave, a little obnoxious. Got a little bit of a chip on your shoulder, huh? You got to cut people down all the time. Is that what you got to do? But uh, know that life is good. Appreciate it. Do what you do. Keep on keeping on. Shooter out. (laughs) All
1: right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. If it's Wednesday, that means we are on Twitter Spaces Live. You should join us every Wednesday on Twitter. We're talking Saints. We're having fun. People are interacting. It's great. Uh, And you should support the show Uh, We need your support. Become a patron. If you don't like the ads, you can get ad-free access to this podcast every day. You get the booze bundle. You get uh, access to Discord. It's amazing. We are the funnest Saints community out there, and we really need your support. So if you listen to the show and you're not a patron, please consider becoming a patron. We're the best. Support us. Uh, Andrew... Today, we got a little bit of Saints news going on. We, we, you know, they made uh, the co-defensive coordinators. I'm excited. I think by, like, in two years, everybody on the defensive staff will be a co-defensive coordinator. (laughs) Uh, So that's fun. You know, Um, people are worried about it. I'm not really worried about uh, it. because Dennis Allen, he's going to call the defense. He's in charge of it. Like, I would only be concerned about co-coordinators if – they were like, well, we don't really know who's going to call the plays. They're going to share it. Like Dennis Allen's running the defense. Don't freak out about the co-coordinators. And it's just a way to keep good people on the staff.
2: Yeah, I really don't see this as materially different at all in terms of execution. This is purely a title change. This is purely a way to for these guys to elevate their resumes. And they deserve it because they're both great coaches and uh, from – From what I've heard, Nielsen had opportunities elsewhere. He had opportunities to be a (laughs) defensive coordinator for a college team this year, for multiple college teams, and he decided to stay with the Saints. And Richard had some interviews to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. So, look, these guys have had real opportunities this year. And if you're going to keep them, they're both very good coaches. You know, at least give them the title elevation to where you set them up for success down the road.
1: And also, too, look, there's a possibility. And I I would venture to say this happens because it's it's probably more than just a title change. And it, it could, I bet you Dennis Allen's like, look, I gotta be the head coach more. I got I gotta do more things that I didn't have to do before, right? So I bet you he delegated some important stuff to both of them and is like, look, I trust you guys. Ryan, you're doing this. Chris, you're gonna be doing this. I'm going to be still calling the defense, but you're going to be handling these important things. You better not screw it up because this defense needs to, st- needs to stay top five. So I bet you, so you know, and it'll be good for them too because, listen, if the Saints defense kicks butt, they can become defensive coordinators, elsewhere. And listen, all it takes is for one team, in my opinion, I know the NFL is offense, offense, offense now, but, Andrew, we know the NFL is a copycat league. All it takes is one team to build a kick-ass defense, win 12 or 13 games, go deep in the playoffs, and then a bunch of NFL teams will be like, you know what? Let's forget about offense and getting a quarterback. Let's try to build it on the defensive side. And then suddenly, they're looking to the Saints if the Saints are that team that's kicking kicking ass with defense, right? So, you know, it, it, it seems like they might not be head coaches, but it could change real quick. And... The Saints made Ronald Curry. He made they made him passing game coordinator today. Um, so a couple of minor moves in the Saints. Well, I, sort of I,
2: I gotta say it's really interesting to see Nugent, Curtis Johnson, and and it you know look the, the offensive line and the receiver position groups were, were pretty freaking mm-hmm. were pretty freaking brutal this year. Um, but I thought part part of that was injuries. Michael Thomas, yep. Armstead, Ramcheck, Pete. Mm-hmm. But part of it was personnel and lack of development of younger players. So, although I would say in Nugent's case and, you know, I, some of the the things that I've heard was Nugent was kind of checked out this past season and Zach Streif was doing all the work and all the coaching and all that. So, <laughs> I mean, it, who knows how much of that Sources. is true. I, mean, that, that I like didn't, that. That didn't come from Zach, by the way. But, but uh, you know, I, I, that's what I heard. And so maybe it's true mm-hmm. that, you know, they decided, hey, we're going to part ways with Nugent based off, his performance. But yeah, I mean, Curtis Johnson didn't really coach up any receivers. So the changes there make sense. But when you saw those happen in real time and the report came out that Pete Carmichael was not going to be the offensive coordinator, that he was going to stay on staff in a different role and that they were interviewing these people outside the building for defensive coordinator. It really felt like this moment of, oh, wow, like he's really shaking things up. He's really changing things. And really, he kept everything
0: the same. He kept everything. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer.
2: So don't settle. Find Love at First Drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: In the <laughs> end, it's
3: interesting
2: how like, <laughs> the Saints that's kind right. of think you gave us a little bit of a. They
1: false, gave the Okey Doke.
2: Star, the Okey Doke there. Yeah, that's right. But they changed Curtis Johnson, they changed Nugent. The offensive line coach, and then they changed uh, Dan Dalrymple, who was, you know, head of strength and conditioning for the Saints. So, like, they will have a new trainer. Um, which, I mean, it's not nothing, but but in the end, it's interesting how they really, with all of these interviews and all the time it took for us to get to the point where we are today, the changes are very, very minimal.
1: Yeah, it. The Saints have bet completely and totally on their culture. That's what they did. And you can say, listen, they've won 58 games the last five years. If they want to bet on what they've built and they think they can sustain it without Sean Payton and without major changes, like they've earned the right to do that. When you average more than ten wins a year for five straight years, like this is not a this is not some crazy idea. And if it doesn't work, they'll fire everybody in three years and they'll hit the, they'll hit the they'll hit they'll nuke it and they'll hit the massive reset button.
2: Now, Ralph, um, here's what I want to talk about real quick. You called me earlier today. I did, and I answered, and you said, Andrew. I need to go on a 25 second rant (laughs) and I was really mad at you at the end of that rant. Cause I was like, why are we not recording this? Why isn't this a podcast? Why are you wasting this great material on a phone call with me that no one else can listen to? So
1: go ahead and
2: again, what you said, please.
1: Here is my rant. I hate, hate, hate these salary cap nerds and these draft nerds. And I'm going to name names. I like them because I listen to their podcast. But Robert Mays and Nate Tice, they're talking about the Bengals. And they're saying, oh, the Bengals, they need to rebuild their offensive line. How should they do it? And Nate Tice is like, well, you don't need to get an elite talent. Just go get Tom Compton. And he named all these, like, mediocre offensive linemen, a swing tackle from Baltimore, whatever. And he's like, that's how you build a team. You don't need to get big names. And I love the way – teams like the Bills, they build the team not spending a lot of money and building character and this and that. And I was like, get the hell out of here with that. The Bengals have $70 million in cap space. How about spending some freaking money? And I'm tired of these nerds, Andrew. They treat Building a team by not spending money and trading back in the draft as as some sort of enlightened way to build a team. We just saw the Rams win a Super Bowl and their general manager at the parade had a T-shirt that said, fuck them picks.
2: Yeah, he but, was not only he was not only reckless financially, he was reckless with his picks, too. Yeah, he, he not only lit the cap on fire, he lit his draft picks on fire, too. He doubled down and he was like, give me Von Miller with his ridiculous contract in in, in his aging years. Give me Odell Beckham with a ridiculous contract in his aging years. And and I know like some of these guys were cut. Maybe, you know, it it was more affordable for them. But the bottom line is they're probably going to pay those dudes stupid money and run it back. And you know what? They're going to be right as much as I hate to admit it like I can't mock the Rams anymore like I was one of those guys that was like it's all going to come to ruins <laughs> it's all going to blow up in their face like all these investments nope. all these drafts. but you know what like I can't make fun of the Rams anymore and, they just want a freaking super bowl
1: and here's the thing there's no there's no right or way wrong way to build a team you either win or you lose and here's the thing, here's the
2: thing that I want to make
1: a point and I was but, another but no, thing
2: but, but 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 Ralph it's it's get good players that's, yeah like at the end of the day, like no one gives a shit what your cap situation is like once week one starts. No one's like, oh well the Saints are four and0, but you know week four, the Saints are four and0, but look at their cap situation. No, no one cares. It's only a thing when the offseason starts, your roster is your roster. and so like there are a lot of different ways you can get That's good right. players. You can get UDFAs like Marquez Callaway. And, and shy Tuttle; those are not household names. Those are not great players, but they're contributing players. And the Saints were able to find them as UDFA's. And you know, it, it, if you have a good scouting department, you can hit on guys like that sometimes, and they help your team. But obviously, you can go in free agency. You can either spend a ton of money and get a high ticket guy that delivers. Sometimes you spend a little bit less and you get a Demario Davis. Yeah. You know, but like, hey. but 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 the bottom line is. Good players win football games. It's that simple.
1: Yeah, and, and the, the Rams have no regrets. And me and, and me and Andrew were joking today that if Andrew and me, if we had a DeLorean and we could go back in time to the offseason of 2018 and we had 10 minutes with Mickey Loomis and we could figure out how the Saints could win a Super Bowl, and we came me and Andrew came up with a plan not involving doing horrible, horrible things to Bill Vinovich. Like we couldn't do that, but we could do other things. And we told Mickey Loomis. We're like, Mickey, you need I know the, the Green Bay just offered Jimmy Graham three years, 30 million tight end in the NFC championship. Not Dan Arnold to catch that touchdown. You need to sign Jimmy Graham and make sure he's on your roster for the 2018 season. Mickey Loomis would be like done. And we're like, hey, Mickey, it might be a 20 million dollar dead money in 2022. He'd be like, I don't care. It's done. Yeah. You know, done.
2: you know, you know, you know what? I wish that Marty McFly or Doc <laughs> Brown or whatever. I, w- I wish those guys had gone to Mickey <laughs> Loomis and said, "You know, Nick Vanette, your Nick Vanette and Adam Trotman plan. Yeah, it's not a good one. It's like, not a. Good one. <laughs> you, you need to go sign a <laughs> shitty tight end because those two are worse than shitty.
1: Yeah. Somebody on Twitter the other day was like. Uh, david and that's like kobe fleener 2.0 i'm like dude if it's 2015 Kobe sign, fleener, sign me up get 50 catches at tight end for the saints i'll pay more than six and a half million for it i, I pay seven <laughs> eight million for that sign me the hell up for that but speaking
2: but, but of the point the point is good it, it's the bottom line is we freak out too much about money and here's the thing I was uh, texting with Nick Underhill about this today, and I, I, don't, I, sh- I should be careful about what I divulge because Nick's a great guy, and I, I never want to uh, abuse kind of the the uh, intel that he gives me. But like – not not that he gives me like these great intel, and obviously he's going to break it himself if he has great news. But, you know, the Saints can trim down to 20 – he's reported this, so you, if you read his content, you know this. They can trim down to twenty-five million under the cap without cutting anyone, right? That's Just right. Just making a flurry of moves, and if they're twenty-five million under the cap, that's good for twelfth best cap space in the league. Which basically it's means, if the Saints do all that and yes, Party time. pushing stuff into the future, they can pretty much do whatever they
1: Party want. Party time! Yeah. And we that, will
2: be- we're not even talking about cut cut Bradley Roby. They have 35 million in space. That's That's 10 more million cut Malcolm Jenkins. Now they have $40 million in space. So like, don't tell me like, I'm just so sick of the cap stuff, the cap takes and like how it's adorable that saints fans are delusional and all this. Like we were $100 million over the salary cap last year. Freaking franchise tag. Our, our our bet one of our best defensive players that's our
3: right best of, a- our a- best a- a-
2: we franchise a- tagged the guy and franchise a- tagged the guy and and signed a quarterback to a one-year right. deal
1: that's right and, and here's don't the tell thing. me
2: that we can't make whatever work just don't tell me that
1: and here's the thing that annoys me it even smart people like andrew brand he used to be the general manager of the Packers and all they they take they're like long term Short term game for long term pain. And I'm like, and why, I even why tweeted to him. true. The cap is going to be $250 million in 2024. You heard me right. Two years. Two, yeah. Two years. It will be $250 million.
2: Eventually, you have to pay the piper. Like, why? why? Like, COVID just had, like, the most catastrophic possibility just happened. And the Saints are still finding ways to navigate this. So like like and look, COVID probably COVID forced them to cut Janoris Jenkins. It forced them to cut Emmanuel Sanders. So I'm not gonna pretend that COVID did nothing. It dug the Saints a deeper hole. That's a fact. But but to get to two hundred and fifty million in space in two years, when you push that stuff into the future and everyone's saying, Well, you gotta pay the Piper eventually, why? No, you, you can keep pushing it into the future. Now, look, eventually the, the, the these contracts, these TV contracts run out and eventually they go backwards. I mean, you know, whether it's 10 years from now, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, I don't know. But eventually the TV deals go backwards. Like eventually the NFL will not be the number one show on television. I don't know when that will be. But until we get there. The cap is going to continue to right. go up. These players are going to continue to make more and more and more. And so, you know, what I find kind of interesting is that every off season, people go nuts because these guys get new deals, and everyone's like, "He got what?" And, and and they and they go crazy and they can't believe it. But again, like you got to realize, the, the salary cap in the NFL is like cryptocurrency without without the risk basically that's right. you know it's like it, it's cryptocurrency in terms of the ups without the and here down.
3: and like here's it the grows,
2: it grows 15 20 every year and, and here's so like the, when you talk about 250 million in two years like these teams are going to spend recklessly and the contract values when they when they look crazy on paper compared to the year before that's because the cap in two years is going to be 250 million and when teams structure these deals remember Year one, year two, pretty cap friendly compared to year three, year four, when they structure these things. And by year three, when it balloons up to crazy numbers, again, 250 million teams don't really care.
1: Yeah. And the thing is with with the free agency is the last two years, COVID has sort of the cap went down. And also teams were worried. They're like, we didn't have fans we might not. They were worried they might not have fans in 2021. So you had a lot of owners that were like, "Listen, I know we have cap space, but I don't have the cash. So you're gonna have to be restricted." Now yeah. the money is back. The gambling money is gonna flow.
2: In
1: fans yep. are back. The money's flowing. You just got a guy for Buffalo. He got four years, ten point nine million. That's not that big a deal. But you know what he was? He's their special teams ace, and he's they're gonna pay him. Uh, three point five, whatever it is, million a year for four years, dude. The money is well, bad. Math,
2: math, math, that math doesn't add up. Ten. All right. Ten well, years, my math is bad. Years, just, yeah. Okay. Anyway,
1: three, three. It was, it was, it was, it was four years, just under eleven million, whatever that okay. is.
2: Okay. So, so they just, just under 3, million. three
1: Yeah. Yeah. But but here's the thing about free agency. Before we get to Marcus Williams, is you know, when we as fans say, we don't know what's going to happen, that's true. But I, I want to remind people that the teams also don't always know what's going to happen. I want people, if you want to talk to us, uh, chime in, we'll we'll get your thoughts on free agency, request to speak. But I want to talk about, the the teams don't always know what's going to happen in free agency. And I want to tell this story of, this was three years ago, Mickey Loomis, I, I think it was on uh, NFL, the NFL XM, or one of those channels. And it was after they, they re-signed David Onyamada, And he was like, we didn't think we were going to keep David Onyemaria. We thought he was going to go to free agency and he was going to get a really great offer that we could not match. And he's like, he said it in a nice way, but he was basically, all these teams are stupid. They didn't know what we had let get into free agency and they didn't want him. And we signed him for a really reasonable contract and we were stunned that he's back. And that's just an example of the teams don't quite know where the market for players are going to be, you know, and you can you, you think you know it, but it just sometimes it just goes like you don't know the Saints. Remember when they signed Kurt Coleman, they were like, oh, we're getting ahead of the safety market. The safety market's going to explode. We're getting Kurt Coleman on a good deal. And then yeah. they could have got Honey Badger for the same money. So like sometimes they're right, sometimes they're wrong. I'm just saying you never quite know where free agency is going to go and teams don't know either. You know, we we say the money's going to get. You think
2: you know. You think you know. You don't, don't know. No.
1: And, and I just think the money's going to be out there, and teams are going to spend. Right, people teams are going to spend like crazy, but they're not always going to spend like we think they're going to spend. Which brings us to Andrew Marcus Williams, uh, the case to tag him, the case to not, and we we've heard from sauces and different people we have that the, the a lot of people it's kind of divided and, and it makes me think that they it, it's more maybe more of a possibility that they won't tag them than they will but I'm going to make the case for why the Saints are gonna tag him. and here's and you could take the, the case of why they won't but I'm going to say they just hired Dennis Allen the defensive coordinator of their elite defense they value Marcus Williams like they value Camara like they value Lattimore like the value ram check. So you may disagree with that as a fan or, or not you, Andrew, but fans in general, some of them may say, hey, Marcus Williams isn't that good. But the Saints value him as an elite safety, an elite player on their team. And they just got the defensive coordinator to make, the, make him the head coach. So they're keeping Marcus Williams and they're going to franchise him and it's going to make him mad if they don't extend him. But they're going fr- to tag him because they're not going to let their elite safety leave in free agency, that's the case for re-signing him. I still lean that way. But today, when we were talking on the phone, you made the case to me and why they are not going to tag Marcus Williams or extend him. Make that case to the people.
2: Well, two things. First of all, um, the Marcus Williams thing is really strange because I've heard from two trusted sources that the Saints are likely to not tag him. And so when I hear Marcus Williams isn't getting tagged, and I he, and I see mm-hmm. on Instagram that he's like 20-something days until free agency, to me, I, I, I see both of those things, and the tea leaves tell me he's gone. Like, right? Like, there's no way the Saints are going to be able to match on an open market whatever some team that goes nuts and offers him mm. stupid, stupid deals. So, like, I... Like I I put those two things together, and I'm like, well, he's gone. Then He's he's gone. But those same sources are like, no, I still think he comes back. So then I'm like, okay, (laughs) well, so what? The Saints are going to offer him a contract he can't refuse before free agency or they match. I I don't know. The whole Marcus Williams thing to me right now is super in flux. It's super confusing. And and you know what? Like, I'll be honest. Part of me doesn't believe my sources because I'm like – man, they tagged him when they were $100 million over the cap. So you're telling me they're not going to do it when they're $75 million over? And by the way, the head coach who made his hay, who literally yes. got the job based on players like Marcus Williams turning this defense from the worst ever in NFL history to a top five one. Like Marcus Williams had his hand in that. And I know the whole Minnesota Miracle, all that. But like Marcus Williams is an elite safety and I just think Dennis Allen, as a guy who literally just got his second head coaching job because of players like Marcus Williams, like I, I would think be like, that that's like Drew Brees to him, right? Yeah. Like, or Sean Payton, like think about how Sean Payton felt about – maybe Drew Brees is excessive, but like think about how Sean Payton felt the about – The
1: thing is though uh, –
2: who, Who's another player on offense that Sean Payton? Like Marcus Colston, yeah. let's say. Yeah. You know? Or, or like uh, –
1: Camara, I mean, it, Camara, you know, yeah, but here's we're, the thing we're, though. We're
2: Andy, Sean Payne's like, that sounds to like I'm not losing this guy. If no he
1: gets to free agency, he's getting 20 million. Because, yeah, I, that, so that, you know, that's could,
2: where I'm just like, if you're not going to tag, I you, like you, you get all leverage if you tag him because then you're like, you're not getting a long term deal from anyone. You, you can only negotiate with us. So,
1: yeah,
2: here's a ridiculous contract. You can either sign this. Or you can go on the tag for another year. And I feel like he would just reluctantly cave and sign at this point, right? Because it's not like the Saints – they might lowball him a little bit, but it's not like they're not going to give him an awesome contract.
1: No, it's not like they won't make him the highest-paid safety in the history of football. But here's my question is, if you're making the case of the Saints aren't – they're going to let him leave, isn't the case of the Saints, can they keep Marcus Marcus Williams and can they keep Armstead – and fix the offense, because the offense. Right. And I, I, I did yes. a bad. I I, did, I, I said that we gave Sean Payton a pass on a tweet, and that made people mad. I, it was misworded. I just think, not necessarily that we gave Sean Payton a pass about the crappy offense, but we all believed if Sean was still here, oh, he was, he'll, he'll get, he'll it. fix he'll, it, he'll fix it. Yeah. But how can you fix it if you're paying Marcus Williams? Nineteen million dollars a year at safety and you try to keep Armstead because if Armstead leaves, you got a whole attack left tackle, you still need a receiver, you still need to fix the interior. Like it's hard to do both of those things.
2: Yes. So I I go back to a a era where Sean Payton had to fix the defense and he was willing to trade Jimmy Graham to try to do it. And he got Mm -hmm. a first round pick and he drafted a linebacker. We all know who that player was and he was garbage and it was horrible. But (laughs) I digress. Uh, no, but seriously, and, and I'm glad, by the way, that Kevin is on here, Kevin Sims, uh, otherwise known as Saints to Death, uh, because he had a theory that's like he, he's kind of been loud and vocal about let Marcus Williams walk. And while I, I don't necessarily agree with him, uh, I think his point is valid. I think it's very good in that, like, hey, I don't want to spend all this money on an elite free safety. And I think he respects Marcus Williams. and I think he knows he's a great player. But I think his point is, that's a lot of money, and I would rather spend it on three role players that are pretty good offensively to fix the offense. And here's the thing, like, if they let him walk, maybe it means you bring Teron Armstead back, and you invest in a guard, because look, maybe Andrews Pete comes back and he gets another year before you cut him, but like, I don't think... Cesar Ruiz at right guard is tenable. At least I don't think he can be gifted a starting job next year. So, let, let, so, so, so play this out. You resign Jameis. You get David and Joku. You get a receiver that's like an Emmanuel Sanders type, like mid-level guy to be your number two. You get a guard, which I just described, right? And you do all of that in free agency. So you got your tight end. You got your quarterback. You've got a guard. You resign Armstead. You do all this to give your offense some juice and you and then like at free safety you're stuck like re signing PJ Williams and you and maybe you spend a second round pick on on Marcus Williams' as a replacement, right? To to compete yeah. with PJ PJ. So like that's a viable plan where you're like, Yes, we lost Marcus Williams, but look at all the things that we were able to do and, because and we it, didn't it, spend all that money on him. And it, I get you, that.
1: It gives you tremendous flexibility at eighteen, which we know, Mickey Loomis. That's how he likes to approach free agency in the draft. Is yeah. you 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 plug as many holes as you can in free agency, and then when you draft, you don't get stuck having to fill a need and reach. You just pick the best player, and you're good to go. Now, um, philosoph- and by the way,
2: philosophically, like Kevin's thought process is really sound, and I like it. At the end of the day, I want to be clear. I just, whether they tag him or not, I will be stunned. Freaking stunned if Marcus Williams leaves. And I say that because Dennis Allen is the head coach.
1: Yeah. I just think that your theory of they'll say to him, look, Marcus Williams will make you the highest paid safety in NFL history. If you don't take this deal, you're getting tagged. Do you want to do this another year? And, he, and I think this year, I think Marcus Williams will blink and take the money. And I always want to say to people, as, as you know, we're, you're talking about Saints to Death and, and how we we interact with our patrons in our Discord in a way that other media and other people don't. So if you become a patron, you get in the Discord. Me and Andrew are in there all day Chatting with you guys, connecting with you guys. It's amazing. It's another reason to do. It. Like when we say the Discord channel is for the patrons, it is, but it's a way for you to interact with us in a way other media out there, they're not doing. I'm just saying. Um, so we got we got one of our, our, our favorites, uh Budrich. You're you're with us. Bud Rich, your thoughts on on Marcus Williams to tag or not to tag. I
3: mean, right now it's probably gonna look like tag unless. They can unless you know they basically got the deal worked out and they just want to wait to announce it yeah. because because I think they can't do it until probably like Mar- March or something because they'll technically run the tag until uh start you know initiating a uh, fr- franchise or transition or whatever kind of tag that you know.
1: happens the week the week before free agency free agency is March 16th so like yeah. the the week
2: before is when all the tags and stuff will happen. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, but I think he's probably going to be tagged and then like 5 days later he'll probably get his probably get like a 4-year deal, probably 70 million or something with a uh, a lot of it in guarantees.
1: I think it's going to be more than that. I think it's going to be well, I think it's going to average to like almost 19. So what's 19 and 19 is 38. I think it's going to be like 80 million. Like I think it's going to be closer, it's going to be it's going to be close to 20 million he's going to get.
3: Probably. Uh, but I mean, he's worth it. I I, I don't want to have to uh, put safety high above the list because you lose him, your entire draft board now gets shifted. Because I think the I think Dennis Allen and probably Mickey Lewis are looking at it going. Listen, let's try and retain our defense. Let's get let's get Marcus Williams back. Let's see if Quan Alexander can come back on a team friendly deal, give us a, a discount. And for offense, we'll get a couple depth pieces. And just go full on upgrade in the draft. Get, I think that's. I think
1: that's probably one of the. Uh, Man, And Butters, thanks for thanks for thanks for joining us. Um, uh, and uh, and I want to talk. I want I want to let uh I want to let Kevin Sims get in here in a minute. Uh, but I think the Saints are going to do something at wide receiver. I don't necessarily think they're going to get like a big dog guy like Mike Williams or Allen Robinson, but I think they're going to get a mid range guy above, like a little bit better than Emmanuel Sanders. That's going to really, really excite us and give that offense juice, and we're going to be excited feel, about I feel,
2: it. I feel like my LSU homer uh, vibes just ruin all credibility that I have. But give me some Deep. Jarvis Landry. Give me <laughs> all the Jarvis Landry. I, I know, I know. You guys hear me? You're like, oh, here he goes again. I'll shoot Homer, but full like, um, slant
1: boy offense with him and Michael yes, Thomas. He- Let's do it.
2: slant <laughs> f- boy offense on on either side. I mean, it would it would be beautiful.
1: Let's and be- get DJ. They get they get Jarvis Landry, DJ DJ Shark, and I will be Shark. Shark, uh, and I will go nuts. You, I will be on this, I will do a live, sh- they get, they get those two guys, I'll do a live stream shirtless. Like,
2: I mean, I was going to say they could go 0 and 17 and I think I'd be happy.
1: Tons of people take a multivitamin, me included. I'm trying to get back on track after football season, eating better, exercising, all of that. And it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, minerals. Whole Food Sourced Superfoods, Probiotics, and Adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle-friendly, adopting to a wide range of diets. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than 3 Five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Kevin, Kevin's with us. Kevin, get on here. I like your Marcus Williams theory. Uh, tell it to you people. Expand on it more because we're talking about you. You get, to get a ch- you get a chance to respond.
0: Well, sorry. Okay, before, before, you go, before you my, go, Kevin, I was, I was
2: just going to okay. say, I, I did a lot of speaking on your behalf, so I'm looking forward to you correcting me on the things I assume that were incorrect.
0: <laughs> See, you did speak on my behalf because that was hot takes I made in a Peyton world. Because I believe Peyton needed more offense. Like, Peyton doesn't need an elite defense. All those years with Breeze, all we needed was just a middle of the road defense. If we had yeah. a top 10 defense, we were in the Super Bowl. But with Marcus Williams, we had this elite piece that makes our elite defense top five in the league. We could have a little bit of trade off. DJ Williams being a floor on that, I mean, he, like, it is a step down. It's a major step down. But it would be a sound like floor. We could draft a guy. We could see what's out in free agency and spend half of what Marcus Williams is going to get. Because, like you said, there's too many teams that have so much money and just, I mean, the Bengals have $70 million. You, you say fix their offensive line. Yeah. But if you add Marcus Williams to that defense, how much better is that, that team? I mean, it's a, it's a solid team, but uh, what I was going to say is it was, it was made in a um, Peyton world, but now that Dennis Allen and uh, Pete Carmichael are, sort of the de facto leaders of the team in the offense. Um, I want Marcus Williams. I want that.
1: Oh, he's changed. Yeah. He did a 180.
0: (laughs) No, but, but but it's it's not a full full Ralph because I like, I didn't know Peyton was going to quit. Like no, no the full no
1: Ralph is changing. Is changing from an opinion that he yeah. had this morning to a different opinion now. That's <laughs> yeah. the full Ralph. This is yeah. not. Kevin has no. well thought out. He's thought this
2: through.
0: Yeah, with with. Don't slander him like that. Like Dennis Allen is a head coach. He's going to win with the elite defense. You're going to need that number one defense. Now you you can, if you just get an average offense to pair with that defense, and that, that's just not the coach. I mean, you don't. You don't have Sean, Sean Payton to have a defensive minded game mm-hmm. management offense. That just doesn't work. Dennis Allen, that works. Pete Carmichael, that works. So let's let's load up on defense. Let's keep the defense aligned. Let's keep that secondary humming as great as it is. And let's uh um, just find a game management. Let's not turn the ball over. Let's win with field position, with sustained drive. So so, so, it- so,
2: que- so question. So question. Okay. So that, that – okay. You, you, you changed your mind based on the head coach, and that, that all makes total sense to me. But I would ask you this. So – and Jameis Winston, by the way, is still an enigma to me because he was the 30-interception guy, and by the time he came to the Saints – he became Mr. like he wasn't super efficient because it's not like his completion percent he wasn't great in the short game right but yeah. he wasn't turning the ball over so the Saints went 5 and 2 with him because he protected the football and besides the Carolina two of those three interceptions came in the Carolina game by the way so besides yeah. one reckless game he had he had six other games where he threw one pick and they went 5 and 1 in those games and so I I look at Jameis, it was basically just like the whole thing was like double down on special teams, have a great punter, have great coverage units, have Deontay Harris as your returner. Look, the Will Lutz thing obviously blew up in their face, but they were supposed to have an elite kicker too. So, like, I suspect there are better game managers out there than Jameis Winston. I, I, I will just say that. And so as much flack as I caught for talking about Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk cousins. And like, I don't know that I want those guys because it might cost too much in terms of either a draft compensation or B salary cap. Like Jameis may just be a cheap. Yeah. Like Kirk,
1: Kirk cousins is probably better than Jameis, but he ain't taking no discount ever. Right. Right.
2: So, so you're yeah, going to pay him 35 I, I, I would, million. So Kevin, no thanks. Like, are, are you less interested based on this? Like, would you be satisfied getting personnel that's just kind of unexcited, not, not exciting on offense, but it, and like Garoppolo is not the guy, but a guy like Garoppolo, you know what well, I mean? Well, like,
0: ex- exactly. That's sort of my line of thinking. And, and I would be pro Garoppolo except for he's a little bit injury prone. So I worry about that. And the fact that he is going to take compensation. It's going to take a top
1: hundred pick. It's going to yeah, take a top yeah, hundred pick. I think it,
0: well, I mean, it may take a first-round pick. Like they, they have oh no obligation. God. Yeah, it, and there's like in Ralph, you've been talking about this for a long time. There is a lot of QB needy teams out there. There is in in teams that are going to be desperate. In um, maybe someone says, "Oh well, Garoppolo has led the the ers to to NFC Championship." And there's Super a Bowl. desperate
1: like, team like, in the NFC yeah. South, Carolina. Yeah. Matt Rule's job depends on getting a quarterback, period. Like, not only does it depend for the 20, 20, like his job, if he's 0-4, he will not make it to Halloween. So, like, he has to get a quarterback. His desperation, you can smell it. I mean, or I don't know, you can smell it, see it, whatever. Yeah, Dennis Allen, out.
2: Dennis Allen, year three with the Raiders, like that's Matt Rule year three with the Panthers right now, going into the year, I mean. He's on Dennis Allen level with the Raiders right now.
0: And if we had the personnel of the of the Panthers, like I mean, if we had a DJ Moore and a Robbie Anderson and in an offensive line that doesn't possibly need three pieces, yes, maybe trade an asset for a Jimmy Garoppolo. But we need every. We need every asset we can because Jimmy Garoppolo is not carrying the Saints offense to the NFC so, championship. So, so, Ke- so Ke- Kevin,
2: so yeah. Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy ba- based on what you're saying, uh, yes. like that doesn't make you want to puke, right?
0: Yeah. It doesn't make me want to puke. Like, like I know the upside of Teddy Bridgewater is, is very limited. just yeah, very minimal, but the, the difference between, uh, Teddy Bridgewater in Jameis, it just really kind of boils down to decision making. Jameis's upside is so much higher. He's, much higher. I like, like, mean, he, he, he his, he's a top five quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Like, but if everything's hitting, if we had, if we had, if everything worked, we had another receiver in Mike Thomas. Like, yeah, I could see him being a top five quarterback in the league. He's he's incredible, but we don't have Sean Payton, so. How much did that factor? Because, you'd I mean, that's
1: a whole
0: podcast. That's a whole podcast. And here,
2: yeah. yeah. Like, Jameis fears- Winston doesn't have Sean Payton, yeah. should that make us let it And let here's us the us thing, side. too. That's a, whole, that's a thing. And
1: here's the thing, too, guys. We, like, Jameis Winston, I think his market is going to be like three years, sixty million dollars. Like he's going to get the Teddy Bridgewater twenty nineteen special. I don't know. I think I it might know. be. I think it, it could. It could be higher than that. It could be lower than that. I really yeah. do, that that.
2: James market to me this off season is the biggest enigma. It is so hard to project because you think about what's transpired, right? Checkered background, uh, issues off the field, thirty interceptions, guy. But he went five and two. He corrected his turnover problems. He, by all accounts, turned his life around, but he has a torn ACL. So it's like, and like, I know his stats were good. I know his agent will be able to make these arguments about why he was so good. But, Ralph, you and I watched him play. He was not that good. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and say that. Like Jameis Winston did not play that well, in my opinion. He played well enough for the Saints to go five and two. He statistically, in terms of efficiency, had some nice stats, especially his touchdown to interception ratio was good. But like, did did Jameis Winston play great football at quarterback? No, he didn't. And so like, I don't know how to resolve that. Like, is it like, is he about to make tons of money? Because like, he kind of fixed his pick problem. He turned his life he might. around. He's he good might. statistically. Like, is that enough? Or is it just like, well, he still has all this stuff. He didn't play great. Torn ACL. Like, and, and, and we're we're headed right back towards a one-year, five to $7 million deal with incentive. No, I have no,
1: idea. I have I, no I, I just, clue. I just think there's too many desperate teams. He's going to get paid.
0: And the that's thing that opinion. worries about worries me with Jameis is the one, one piece on offense that we've all been waiting for to see is Mr. Slant Boy, uh, Michael Thomas. And that's possibly Jameis' worst throw. Those little those those slants. Like his accuracy on them. Like I, I imagine like Michael Thomas can catch anything. Like his like his catch percentage probably won't be in the eighties with with uh Jameis. No. But chance. the but but the uh I mean the tendency like like the chance of that slant turning into a big play is going to be dependent on ball placement. And you had Drew Brees throwing like like just the perfect pass, the perfect ball placement compared to Jameis, who may not even throw a catchable pass if you're if you're talking about him trying to get a release under, like, two seconds. Yeah, I mean, like so it's my, just...
2: My only response to that is that Michael Thomas, like... So there's a big unknown with Michael Thomas as well, which is returning from an injury that's pretty significant. And how, how is that going to affect this movement? What kind of player is he going to be on the other side of this? But, well, his
0: his hands I, are stronger I, 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 than my biceps. Like I think that, like what <laughs> yeah. what, his, what what makes him elite is things that maybe possibly uh, doesn't really have to do with explosion. Like like yeah, that that what he does off the line of scrimmage on that slant is about explosion on his ankle. Mm-hmm. But m- maybe he doesn't have to have that 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 split second twitch. Maybe he can win with his. I mean, he's still like a Donis figure. He's still giant. He still has these incredible hands. Like he's still going yes. to be a weapon, even if he's a little bit slower, a little bit slower off the line. Maybe, maybe he doesn't beat uh, Jalen Ramsey every time. But, but I mean, he's still going to be effective. Like, like yeah. I don't, I don't. The what worries me is re-injury, and uh, Dr. Thomas may be on here, and he could uh, he could uh, or one of the doctors could be on here and um, talk about maybe the risk of re-injury on uh, Michael Thomas's ankle. But uh, as a player, like what makes him elite doesn't really start at his foot. I mean, it starts at I, his yeah. middle toughness, and it starts with his hands. Like I was, agree. Well, look, look, movement.
1: Th- thanks. for joining Marcus us, Kevin. Kevin. Yeah, Appreciate Marcus it. Marcus
0: Colson was never the
2: fastest player, <clears throat> but I do think movement affected him too. So I, I I do think a healthy foot, a healthy ankle is still critical. But to Kevin's point, here's the thing: like I think the breeze, the, the slants that he ran all the time, part of that that was also maximizing breeze. I think we have to remember that breeze was limited in his capabilities. Michael Thomas is so much more than running slants. He is a great route runner. He has yeah. insane hands. He doesn't need a lot of separation to beat a corner because of his ability to contort his body, because of his hands, because of his strength. He, he can win a lot of different ways. And I think a guy like Jameis Winston, with his arm strength, opens up a whole litany of options for Michael Thomas and how he can win against the secondary that maybe weren't available to you when Drew Brees was the quarterback. So my only retort, and like if Michael Thomas is able to return to top form, the thing for me is with Jameis is like, I, look, Jameis made Godwin and Mike, Mike Evans perform just fine in Tampa. They, they put up their stats. And I think likewise, Michael Thomas at 100% is one, absolutely on that level. And he will continue to put up numbers. It might not – he might not have 150 catches and a not, might not be full slant boy, but he will find other ways to win.
1: Uh, yeah. But before we get to Freaky Peasy, I want to say this is Michael Thomas is absolutely critical for the 2022 Saints because you – if you have him, like you said, it just opens up so much and then – you know, if you have Michael Thomas and you add a Cedric Wilson or if you go older like A.J. Green or something at wide receiver and then you have Michael Thomas, A.J. Green, Callaway, Deontay Harris, like that's a pretty decent group of receiver. So they need Michael Thomas to be not quite what he was in 2019, which was a record setter and, NFL, and offensive player of the year, but they need him to be like what they're paying for. You know, they yeah. need him to be they need him to be close to giving them 20 million dollars of production. So freaky peasy, you've been you've been holding a while. Thanks for joining us. What do you got? Marcus Williams tag no tag.
4: Uh I've got the uh Saints. I mean, I would want them to tag Marcus Williams. I don't know if the Saints are going to. My thought on the issue though is like because I have no doubt that like the Saints will want to make Marcus Williams the highest paid safety but we've gone through this for now we're going to our second off season where he's not been like they haven't come to an agreement which means like is marcus williams expecting like what i think ralph just said like the four year like 76 like almost 80 million dollar contract yes, yes. And if that's the case, then I think the reason, uh, and again, if, this depends on if Andrew uh, trusts the sources, but like about the Saints being confident that they won't tag him, but they'll resign him is that I think they expect Marcus Williams to go out into the NFL free agency looking for that four-year, whatever, $80 million contract. And I don't think that, and I think they expect him not to get it.
1: Ooh, see, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like one of the re one of the reasons why they have they had such a hard deal, hard time getting a deal done with him last summer was I feel like he didn't expect to get tagged this past pat the the past off and his agent, even though we know tampering is illegal, quote unquote, his agent had offers ready to go or the parameters of it, and Marcus Williams was like, I know, for example, he knew. I knew the Lions or the Jaguars were going to pay me this, Saints, pay me this. And I'm not taking a dollar less, and I'm willing to risk it for a year. Like, I just feel like he knows that there is a stupid offer out there from a team or two teams. And he's he's not taking a dollar less. That's my theory.
4: See, here's my thing on it, though, because I'm always like – I think like a lot of NFL teams are like – Pretty stupid.
3: Like they're smarter than me, but they're they're pretty
4: stupid. Fair enough. Um, And I think one one thing, even though they're even though they both have safety in their name and they play, but they play completely different positions. I think one thing that's kind of scary is the last time we saw a safety get like record breaking money, where it was like much better than the market was Jamal Adams. That's right. And. I think Seattle is looking at that and like, oh, my God, we're paying this guy like 18 million a year to be like good, but not great. And I He's think like a, a up
1: linebacker of- and, and they gave him yeah. two round picks for him.
4: Exactly. Oh God, that trade and I think they're looking at their like, listen, I think they're willing to give like, you know, that huge mega deal that blows all the contracts out of water, uh, out of the water. To positions like the number one corner, the left tackle. I think Toronto Armstead is about to get like 25 million on the market. <laughs> when he hits it. Maybe, but like and like yeah. quarterback and and like that. But I I think they're going to be like we're willing to make you the highest paid safety by like 100k, but we're not going to give you like this mind blowing offer now. Yeah, and I think the Saints are looking at there and like. They're going to give, make a deal and it's either going to be a deal that's very similar to ours. And if it is, he's going to come back to us and we're going to take it and we're going to take it or some team's going to be stupid and give him this really gigantic contract. And if that's what they're going to give him, we're good with, we're good with whoever we're replacing him with. Well,
2: if you're looking yeah, at. Thank Mickey you, Freaky peasy, Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, man. I, I think if you look at Mickey Loomis historically, he's always had his number on guys. And there's a long history of him kind of drawing a line in the sand. He did it with Drew Brees, by the way.
0: That's you know, right. I don't, know. I don't know
2: if you That's guys right. remember how That's right. he, he got did. With Brees, breeze where he was like, look, like, this is the line in the sand. Like, this Two is years, what
1: i willing
2: to pay you. And if, if you want more than this, like, maybe we need to separate. And Brees blinked and he ended up signing. But I think this is the issue that you get in when you look at Agents, and I think this is where it gets tough. Is where these agents are in these players' ears, and he's like, "Look, I can make you the richest. city so you, you, you got to hold out. Like you got to don't sign these deals. Like you got to trust me. I can make you the richest player in, in NFL history at your position. And you just got to hit free agency. Don't listen to the Saints. And they, like, you know, that, that that's the thing. Like you know, they're playing on the heartstrings of like, look, this well, is this is what you can make versus." You know, And I was listening to – What team you want to play
1: for? I was listening to the podcast with Robert Mays and Nate Tice. I was banging on them before. But he made a point about free agency. He says there are a lot of players where if you ask them why did you decide to, to sign with so-and-so team, they just flat out say that's what my agent said to do. I got the most money from them. Then his point was that players in free agency, money is number one thing that – where they decide to play – and the only other thing is, if the money's equal, the player will usually look at who the team's quarterback is, and that's the tiebreaker. Um, so we'll we'll see. I want to make before we get out of here, Andrew. I, I think it's an interesting discussion too about Armstead. And I don't think that I don't think there's a chance that that Armstead is going to give the Saints a ridiculous discount. Like they're not going to. He's not going to give them the Demario Davis special no, no where chance. he where he, he doesn't get a raise. But I do think there is a chance, maybe it's slim, but I don't think it's it's not. It's I don't think it's impossible where the Saints re-sign him before free agency and it's a really nice deal. It's like it's like it's like five years 90 plus million or five years 85, 90 million. And it's it's a great contract, but it's not market changing Record setting and Teron Armstead is like, I'm happy here. I like it here. This was a really good deal. I'm taking it. I'm staying with the Saints. And then you get the things from Florio saying that teams were prepared to give him stupid money, but he wanted to stay for the Saints. He stayed with the Saints for just really, really incredible money. I think there's a chance with that. What Armstead, I would put it at like maybe 10%, but there's like he strikes me as a guy that might do that.
2: Yeah, man, it's possible. I don't know. I, it, I, the bottom line is, as you look at this off season, uh, it can go in so many different ways, and Marcus Williams is, right. is such a big piece of it. And look, that that's the thing. Like we said this earlier in the show, I just keep coming back to how could Dennis Allen possibly let him leave? Like I, I just feel like I, I just feel like of all the things that could happen, Dennis Allen would tell Mickey Loomis, Mickey. I don't care if we lose Jameis. I don't care if we lose Tehran. I don't care if our offense is even worse than it was last year. We cannot lose Marcus Williams. If I'm Dennis Allen, I'm telling Mickey Loomis that. As a defensive coordinator who made his head, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just I can't see him leaving. And like, I think the path to ensure that he doesn't leave is tagging him. So despite what my sources are telling me, my brain still says like, "There's no way they're not tagging."
1: Yeah, War Ready. What do you say, it's tag or no tag for Marcus Williams? I think we have a. I think the, ba- the from baby
2: a, doesn't want Marcus Williams tagged. I think.
1: Yeah, we go from a we go from a cat on my end to a baby crying on War Ready's and War War Ready. You there? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. Go ahead. Oh, we hear you now.
5: Yeah, I don't know. It was saying requested. So I have no idea why. <laughs> oh, um, Go Tag I mean, or I, no tag? It uh, has to be a tag. I don't see there any possible future where we keep them and it's not a tag. I mean, I think there's too many teams, like you guys are saying, with um, the Lions, for instance, or even, um, <clears throat> I mean, someone said the Bengals, but I don't see their need. I'm pretty sure they're more focused on Bates right now.
1: Yeah. But, but Jacksonville. I mean, exactly. Too many t- coal. I mean, they, but they have plenty with space. Yeah,
5: exactly. And then the same thing with Armstead. Um, I don't see I don't see a, a reason why Cincinnati doesn't just go full on in and say, you know what? Um, The narrative is that we're not protecting Joe and we have no interest in protecting Joe. Let's throw Armstead a lucrative deal where at this point there's no reason why he wouldn't want to come over here to receive that type of money. And I think he takes it in all honesty. um. The, the shitty part about I mean, it is is with those voided years we can't tag to that guy so
1: we I'm, can't take him and i'm gonna tell you this miami and jacksonville also have ridiculous cap space and their offensive lines are
5: terrible and also so like too, um uh the Chargers as well i mean their offensive line isn't horrible but they have the capital to go ahead and get a guy like that to you know just yeah. to secure his future let herbert is what i'm talking about
1: yeah no you're you're right and and Teams, like you got to spend the cap space, you know, and 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 war ready. To me, the thing, you know, I always Andrew's going to roll his eyes when I say this, but Buddy D, my old boss, used to always tell me, focus on don't focus on what teams say, focus on what they do. And the Saints don't say very much, so I'm always trying to figure out what before free agency is going to give us clues to what the Saints are going to do. Exactly. And I and I think the clues they have like you said with Armstead, they cannot tag him. So he's cuz once he hits free agency, he's a 13 million dollar penalty on the Saints cap. Once yeah. he once free agency starts and he's not signed, he's gone. The other guy that I'm looking at is I really believe that we could have a if the Saints decide to move on from Marcus Williams, we could have a we could have a Mark Ingram situation where The Saints signed P.J. Williams to like three years, $11 million. Exactly. And and that's a sign that, hey, we couldn't get it done with Marcus Williams. We're not going to tag him, but we can't lose Marcus Williams and P.J. Williams. So those are the guys before free agency, Armstead and P.J. Williams, that I'm really looking at, Andrew, to see what they do because I think that will give us sort of hints – and an idea of where the Saints are going in free agency, those yeah, two guys I, especially.
5: And I think having, um, you know, PJ playing that backup role whenever Marcus missed that game was basically that testing the waters to see if he was a valuable asset to to fill that hole that would be Marcus Williams. I, I see us more than likely giving Armstead more money than uh, really trying to fulfill um, uh, Marcus Williams' needs just because we have that backup plan. As far as Armstead, um, we don't really have that backup plan other than the draft, you know, as far as safeties, we could go free agency. We can go again, PJ, but with Armstead, I really don't see where we're going to go for a decent offensive lineman other than the draft.
1: Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good point. we ready. Thank, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us tonight, Andrew, you know, me, I love when the cap nerds cry over the saints. I love it. It's my favorite. It's 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 almost as good as as Honey Bourbon and Cherry Coke to me. I love it. What is the funniest most fun scenario with the Saints getting reckless and signing dudes or re-signing dudes that will drive the cap nerds insane and and would be the most fun scenario for you?
2: Well, I have a little PTSD with Jarris Bird, but (laughs) I remember part of what made Jaris Bird so glorious on the day that it happened. And and look, look, I'm speaking nothing of his performance. Okay. We don't need to go there, but I remember at the time the saints had no cap space, none, virtually none. And on the first day of free agency, they signed Jaris Bird to the richest contract in free agency history for a free safety. And I remember the Falcoholic tweeting <laughs> when that happened, the Saints had no cap space and a bunch of crying emojis. And, and they, and Jairus bird was like, the like, if you went on PFF, PFT, whatever, like all he, was
1: thing, he, he was a dude,
2: he was the number. It wasn't just the top free safety. He was the number one free agent in football. That's right. You know, and, and he was number one on all these lists. And like, I remember the Falcoholic just being devastated, like, I can't believe the saints have no cap space and they just did this and it was glorious. And so obviously what transpired afterwards was not glorious. We won't, we won't in, mention in the it. slightest. We'll talk about it. But, but I, I, I would love to see Teron Armstead come back. Marcus Williams come back. Like they lock up those deals. They bring Jameis back. It's just like, okay. Yeah. Like the saints are just, you know, they're, they're kind of uh, focused tread and on water. Yeah. Tread and water. And then boom, first day of free agency, Mike is come on down. Like they signed <laughs> like the best tight end. It's like right. oh yeah, I thought I thought they were just kind of keeping their dudes, keeping the house in order, but like they're you know, they're they weren't gonna be big players in free agency and boom, Mike is sicky, tight end. You know, come on down. Or so Mike Williams. Like, yeah. 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 Just like they spend recklessly on some dude where it's just like, Oh gosh, I guess they're pairing this guy with Michael Thomas coming back um so that would that, that would that be, would be i, I
1: just want to be able to tweet all the cap nerds when they say the saints will pay for this in the future they're kicking the can down the road i could just tweet yeah. the uh ray leota goodfellas gif at them of him laughing i just want to be able to tweet that seven eight times at different people because if the saints do that twitter will end up blocking me because i'm going at people i got a list and i'm ready I'm just I'm just telling you um Guys, thanks for joining us on the Twitter Spaces. We do this every Wednesday. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Thanks thanks to Kevin. Thanks for e- Easy Peasy, free, uh, Freaky Peasy. Um, thanks for War Ready for, for, for joining in on the conversation. We appreciate everybody that did it. Bud Rich. Uh, guys, please support the show. It's amazing, we have the best Saints community out there. Give us a try, and if you become an annual patron, you get our uh, Saints Survival Mug, and you get two months for free, it's amazing. You should do it, I'm just saying it. So, Today's episode of Saints Happy Hour is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats. Go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org, open Instagram, and type in at sportsdrink, spelled sportsdrink without the vowels. That's S P R T -S 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 S. D-R-N-K. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out.